Section two, volume three of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, translated by Richard Burton. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume three, Section two. When it was the one hundred and twenty-ninth night, she said, "It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan." continued to Zah al Makin. Now when Taj al Muluk heard the story of the young merchant, he marvelled with great marvel, and fire darted into his entrails on hearing the name of the lady Dunya, who, as he knew, had embroidered the gazelles, and his love and longing hourly grew, so he said to the youth By Allah, that hath befallen thee whose like never befell any save thyself. But thou hast the life term appointed, which thou must fulfil, and now I would fain ask of thee a question, quoth Aziz, and what is it? Quoth he, Wilt thou tell me how thou sawest the young lady who wrought these gazelles? Then he, O oh my lord, I got access to her by a slight, and it was this. When I entered her city with the caravan, I went forth and wandered about the garths till I came to a flower garden abounding in trees, whose keeper was a venerable old man, a shake stricken in years. I addressed him, saying, O oh, ancient sir, whose may be this garden? And he replied, It belongs to the king's daughter, the lady Dunya. We are now beneath her palace, and when she is minded to amuse herself, she openeth the private wicket and walketh in the garden and smelleth the fragrance of the flowers. So I said to him, Favor me by allowing me to sit in this garden till she come. Haply may I enjoy a sight of her as she passeth. The sheikh answered, there can be no harm in that. Thereupon I gave him a dirham, or so, and said to him, Buy us something to eat. He took the money gladly, and opened the door, and, entering himself, admitted me into the garden, where we strolled and ceased not strolling till we reached a pleasant spot in which he bade me sit down and await his going and his returning. Then he brought me a somewhat of fruit, and, leaving me, disappeared for an hour, but after a while he returned to me, bringing a roasted lamb, of which we ate till we had eaten enough, my heart yearning the while for a sight of the lady. Presently, as we sat, the postern opened, and the keeper said to me, Rise and hide thee. I did so, and behold, a black eunuch put his head out through the garden wicket, and asked, O oh, Sheikh, is there any one with thee? No, answered he, and the eunuch said, Shut the garden gate. So the keeper shut the gate, and lo, the lady Dunya came in by the private door. When I saw her, Methought the moon had risen above the horizon and was shining. I looked at her a full hour, and longed for her as one of thirst longeth for water. After a while she withdrew and shut the door, whereupon I left the garden and sought my lodging, knowing that I could not get at her, and that I was no man for her, more especially as I was become like a woman having no manly tool. Moreover, she was a king's daughter, and I but a merchant man. So, how could I have access to the like of her, or to any other woman, Accordingly, when these my companions made ready for the road, I also made preparation, and set out with them. So we journeyed toward the city, till we arrived at the place ere we met with thee. Thou askest me, and I have answered, and these are my adventures, and peace be with thee. Now, when Taj al-Muluk heard that account, fires raged in his bosom, and his heart and thought were occupied love for the Lady Dunya, and passion and longing were sore upon him. Then he arose, and mounted horse, and taking Aziz with him, returned to his father's capital.
where he settled him in a separate house and supplied him with all he needed in the way of meat and drink and dress. Then he returned him, and returned to his palace, and with tears trickling down his cheeks, for hearing oftentimes standeth instead of seeing and knowing, and he ceased not to be in this state till his father came in to him, and finding him wan-faced, lean of limb and tearful-eyed, knew that something had occurred to chagrin him, and said, O my son, acquaint me with thy case, and tell me what hath befallen thee, that thy color is changed and thy body is wasted. So he told him all that had passed, and what tale he had heard of Aziz in the account of the princess Dunya, and how he had fallen in love with her on hearsay, without having set eyes on her. Quoth his sire, O my son, she is the daughter of a king whose land is far from ours, so put away this thought, and go in thy mother's palace. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and seized her permitted say. When it was the one hundred and thirtieth day, she said, It has reached me, O auspicious king, that the wazir Dandan continued to Za al makin and the father of Taj al-Muluk spake to him on this wise. O son, her father is a king whose land is far from ours, so put away this thought, and go into thy mother's palace, where are five hundred maidens like moons, and whichsoever of them pleaseth thee, take her, or else we will seek for thee in marriage some one of the king's daughters, fairer than the lady Dunya. Answered Taj al-Muluk, O father, I desire none other, for she it is who wrought the gazelles which I saw, and there is no help but that I will have her, else I will flee into the world and waste, and I will slay myself for her sake. Then said his father, Have patience with me, till I send to her sire and demand her in marriage, and win thee thy wish as I did for myself with thy mother. Haply Allah will bring thee to thy desire, and, if her parent will not consent, I will make his kingdom quake under with an army, whose rear shall be with me whilst its van shall be upon him. Then he sent for the youth Aziz and asked him, O my son, tell me, dost thou know the way to the Camphor Islands? He answered, Yes. And the king said, I desire of thee that thou fare with my wazir thither. Replied Aziz, I hear and obey, O king of the age. Whereupon the king summoned his minister and said to him, Devise me some device, whereby my son's affair may be rightly managed, and fare thou forth to the Camphor Islands, and demand of their king his daughter in marriage for my son, Taj al-Muluk. The wazir replied, Hearkening an obedience. Then Taj al-Muluk returned to his dwelling place, and his love and longing redoubled, and the delay seemed endless to him, and when the night darkened around him, he wept and sighed and complained and repeated this poetry. Dark falls the night, my tears unaided rail, in fiercest flames of love my heart assail. Ask thou the knights of me, and they shall tell. And I find aught to do but weep and wail. Night long awake I watch the stars that while Pour down my cheeks the tears like dropping hail. And lone and lorn I'm grown with none to aid, For kith and kin the love-lost lover fail. And when he had ended his reciting, He swooned away and did not recover his senses till the morning at which time there came to him one of his father's eunuchs, and, standing at his head, summoned him to the king's presence. So he went with him, and to his father, seeing that his pallor had increased, exhorted him to patience, and promised him union with her he loved. Then he equipped Aziz and the wazir, and supplied them with presents, and they set out and fared on day and night, till they drew near the Isles of Camphor, where they halted on the banks of the stream, and the minister dispatched a message to acquaint the king of his arrival. 
the messenger hurried forwards and had not been gone more than an hour before they saw the king's chamberlains and emirs advancing towards them to meet them at parasang's distance from the city and escort them into the royal presence they laid their gifts before the king and became his guests for three days and on the fourth day the wazir rose and in going to the king stood between his hands and acquainted him with the object which induced his visit whereat he was perplexed for an answer inasmuch as his daughter misliked men and disliked marriage so he bowed his head groundwards a while then raised it and calling one of his eunuchs said to him go to thy mistress the lady dunya and repeat to her what thou hast heard and the purport of this wazir's coming so the eunuch went forth and returning after a time said to the king o king of the age when i went in to the lady dunya and told her what i had heard she was wroth with exceeding wrath and rose at me with a staff designing to break my head so i have fled from her and she said to me if my father force me to wed him whomsoever i wed will slay then said her sire to the wazir and aziz ye have heard and now ye know all so let your king wot of it and give him my salutations and say that my daughter misliketh men and disliketh marriage and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the one hundred and thirty-first night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that king shahriman thus addressed the wazir and aziz salute your king for me and inform me of what ye have heard namely that my daughter misliketh marriage so they turned away unsuccessful and ceased not faring until they rejoined the king and told him what had passed whereupon he commanded the chief officers to summon the troops and get them ready for marching and campaigning but the wazir said to him o my liege lord do not thus the king is not at fault because when his daughter learnt our business she sent a message saying if my father force me to wed whomsoever i wed i will slay and myself after him so the refusal cometh from her when the king heard his minister's words he feared for taj al-muluk and said verily if i make war on the king of the camphor islands and carry off his daughter she will kill herself and it will avail me not then he told his son how the case stood who hearing it said o oh, my father i cannot live without her so i will go to her and contrive to get at her even though i die in the attempt and this only will i do and nothing else asked his father how wilt thou go to her and he answered i will go in the guise of a merchant then said the king if thou need must go and there is no help for it take with thee the wazir and aziz then he brought out money from his treasuries and made ready for his son merchandise to the value of a hundred thousand dinars the two had settled upon this action and when the dark hours came taj al-muluk and aziz went to aziz's lodging and there passed that night and the prince was heart-smitten taking no pleasure in food or in sleep for melancholy was heavy upon him and he was agitated with longing for his beloved so he besought the creator that he would vouchsafe to unite with her and he wept and groaned and wailed and began versifying union this severance ended shall i see some day then shall my tears this love-lorn lot of me portray while night all care forgets i only minded thee and thou didst jar me wake while all forgotful lay and when his improvising came to an end he wept with sore weeping and aziz wept with him 
for that he remembered his cousin. And they both ceased not to shed tears till morning dawn, whereupon Taj al-Muluk rose and went to farewell his mother in travelling dress. She asked him of his case, and he repeated the story to her, so she gave him fifty thousand gold pieces, and bade him adieu, and, as he fared forth, she put up prayers for his safety, and for his union with his lover and his friends. Then he betook himself to his father, and asked his leave to depart. The king granted him permission, and presenting him with the other fifty thousand dinars, bade set up a tent for him without the city, and they pitched a pavilion wherein the travellers abode two days. Then all set out on their journey. Now Taj al-Muluk delighted in the company of Aziz, and said to him, O my brother, henceforth I can never part from thee, replied Aziz. I am of like mind, and fain I would die under thy feet. But, O my brother, my heart is concerned for my mother. When we shall have won our wish, said the prince, there will be naught save what is well. Now the wazir continued charging Taj al-Muluk to be patient, while Aziz entertained him every evening with talk and recited poetry to him, and diverted him with histories and anecdotes. And so they fared on diligently night and day for two whole months, till the way became tedious to Taj al-Muluk, and the fire of desire redoubled on him, and he broke out. The road is lonesome, grow my grief and need, while on my breast love fires forever feed. Goal of my hopes, sole object of my wish, By him who moulded man from drop of seed, I bear such loads of longing for thy love, Dearest, as weight of all shum mountains exceed, O lady of my world, love does me die, No breath of light is left for life to plead, But for the union hope that lends me strength, My weary limbs were weak this way to speed. When he had finished his verses, he wept, and Aziz wept with him, from a wounded heart, till the minister was moved to pity by their tears, and said, O oh my lord, be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes clear of tears, there will be naught save what is well. Quoth Taj al-Muluk, O oh wazir, indeed I am weary of the length of the way, tell me how far we are yet distant from the city. Quoth Aziz, but a little way remaineth to us. Then they continued their journey, cutting across river vales and plains, woods and stony wastes. Till one night, as Taj al-Muluk was sleeping, he dreamt that his beloved was with him, and that he embraced her and pressed her to his bosom. And he awoke, quivering, shivering with pain, delirious with emotion, and improvised these verses. Dear friend, my tears, I flow these cheeks adown, with longsome plain and pine, my sorrows crown. I plain like keening woman-child bear fit, And as night falls like widow-dove I groan, And blown the breeze from land where thou cost woan, I find o'er sunburnt earth sweet coolness blown, Peace be with thee, my love, while zephyr breathes, And cushet flies and turtle makes her moan. And when he had ended his versifying, The wazir came to him and said, Rejoice, this is a good sign. So be of good cheer, and keep thine eyes cool and clear, for thou shalt surely compass thy desire. And Aziz also came to him, and exhorted him to patience, and applied himself to divert him, talking with him and telling him tales. So they pressed on, marching day and night, other two months, till there appeared to them 
One day at sunrise, some white thing in the distance, and Taj al-Muluk said to Aziz, What is yonder whiteness? He replied, O my lord, yonder is the castle of crystal, and that is the city thou seekest. At this the prince rejoiced, and they ceased not faring forwards, till they drew near the city, and, as they approached it, Taj al-Muluk joyed with exceeding joy, and his care ceased from him. They entered in traitor guise, the king's son being habited as a merchant of importance, and repaired to a great khan, known as the merchant's lodging. Quoth Taj al-Muluk to Aziz, Is this the resort of the merchants? And quoth he, Yes, tis the khan wherein I lodged before. So they alighted there, and making their baggage camels kneel, and loaded them and stored their goods in the warehouses. They abode four days for rest, when the wazir advised that they should hire a large house. To this they assented, and they found them a spacious house, fitted up for festivities, where they took up their abode, and the wazir and Aziz studied to devise some device for Taj al-Muluk, who remained in a state of perplexity, not knowing what to do. Now the minister could think of nothing but that he should set up as a merchant on change and in the market of fine stuffs. So he turned to the prince and his companion and said to them, Know ye that if we tarry here on this wise, assuredly we shall not win our wish, nor attain our aim. But as something occurred to me, whereby, if Allah please, we shall find our advantage, replied Taj al-Muluk and Aziz, do what seemeth good to thee. Indeed, there is a blessing on the grey beard, more specially on those who, like thyself, are conversant with the conduct of affairs. So tell us what occurreth to thy mind. Rejoiced the wazir, it is my counsel that we hire thee shop in the stuff bazaar, where thou mayst sit to sell and buy. Every one, great and small, hath need of silken stuffs and other cloths. So if thou patiently abide in thy shop, thine affairs will prosper. Inshallah, more by token, as thou art comely of aspect. Make, however, Aziz thy factor, and set him within the shop, to hand thee the pieces of cloth and stuffs. When Taj al-Muluk heard these words, he said, This reed is right, and of right pleasant wrecking. So he took out a handsome suit of merchant's weed, and, putting it on, set out for the bazaar, followed by his servants, to one of whom he had given a thousand dinars, wherewith to fit up the shop. They ceased not walking till they came to the stuff market, and when the merchants saw Taj al-Muluk's beauty and grace, they were confounded, and went about saying, of a truth Rizwan hath opened the gates of paradise and left them unguarded, so that this youth of passing comeliness hath come forth. And others, peradventure this is one of the angels. Now when they went in among the traders, they asked for the shop of the overseer of the market, and the merchants directed them thereto. So they delayed not to repair thither and to salute him. And he and those who were with him rose to them, and seated them and made much of them, because of the wazir whom they saw to be a man in years and of reverend aspect. And viewing the youths Aziz and Taj al-Muluk in his company, they said to one another, Doubtless our sheikh is the father of these two youths. Then quoth the wazir, Who among you is the overseer of the market? This is he, replied they, and behold, he came forward, and the wazir observed him narrowly, and saw him to be an old man of grave and dignified carriage, with eunuchs and servants and black slaves. The syndic greeted them with the greeting of friends, and was lavish in his attentions to them. 
Then he seated them by his side and asked them, Have ye any business which we may have the happiness of transacting? The minister answered, Yes, I am an old man, stricken in years, and have with me these two youths, with whom I have travelled through every town and country, entering no great city without tarrying there a full year, that they might take their pleasure in viewing it and coming to know its citizens. Now I have visited your town, intending to sojourn here for a while. So I want thee a handsome shop in the best situation, wherein I may establish them, that they may traffic and learn to buy and sell, and give and take, whilst they divert themselves with the sight of the place, and become familiar with the usages of its people. Quoth the overseer, There is no harm in that. And, looking at the two youths, he was delighted with them, and affected them with warm affection. Now he was a great concierge of bewitching glances, preferring the love of boys to that of girls, and inclining to the sour rather than the sweet of love. So he said to himself, This, indeed, is fine game. Glory be to him who created and fashioned them out of vile water. And rising, stood before them like a servant to do them honor. Then he went out, and made ready for them a shop, which was in the very midst of the exchange. Nor was there any larger or better in the bazaar for it was spacious and handsomely decorated, and fitted with shelves of ivory and ebony wood. After this he delivered the keys to the wazir, who was dressed as an old merchant, saying, Take them, O my lord, and Allah make it a blessed abiding place to thy two sons. The minister took the keys, and the three returning to the khan, where they had alighted, bade the servants transport to the shop all their goods and stuffs. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section two of the Book of a Thousand Nights in a Night, Volume three. Recording by Chelsea Baker.